Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Hey church, thanks for tuning in today. We're happy to have you join us. Why don't you go ahead and worship with us? Come against 
Thank you that your love for us never changes, that it stays the same today, tomorrow, and forever. God, I pray that this morning you speak through the message to speak to us, to give us something. God, I pray that we can apply it to our lives and allow it to change us for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to Renewal. We are so glad that you could join us today. We are officially in summer, which means some hotter days. And this week, as I've been working from home and living in a city like Boston, where there is no central AC in apartments, has been pretty challenging. But I am grateful for the sun and I'm grateful that you are joining us today. So wherever you are, I hope that you are enjoying the start to summer. If you are here today, we ask that you fill out the online connection card. It only takes a couple of minutes. We want to know who's here and we want to know how we can help you pray this week. It's also not too late to invite people to our online service. We know that God has been using these online services to reach so many more people and we want you to help us reach even more people. So take some time right now to share the link on your story, on your feed, text it to a friend, coworker, family member, and share the message of hope of Jesus with them. The link to our online service is renewalchurchboston.com forward slash watch. If you have been coming to Renewal for any amount of time, but have moved away recently or have plans to move this year, we would love to be able to send you something in the mail. So if that applies to you, text the word ALUM to 617-297-9446 so that we can send you something in the mail and help you along the way. Today, we have a guest pastor who is going to be continuing our series called Life Hacks. And so we're going to be studying people from the Old Testament and learning lessons from them that can help us to lead better lives. 
So before Pastor Jay joins us, let's go ahead and spend some time in prayer. God, thank you so much for your presence in our lives, God. Thank you that you love us, that you want to partner with us, God, to bring the gospel and to bring the love of Jesus to this world. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time. Change our hearts, open our minds, and help us to be more like Jesus. Thank you, God, for your blessings. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Renew us, transform us, God, and help us to leave this time transformed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, Renewal Church, I'm excited for you to hear today from a pastor in Natick named Jay Mudd. His church is going through the series Life Hacks as well, and so we decided to do it together as a couple churches thought it would be fun. So you're going to hear the message that he preached from Life Hacks to his church in Natick called Milestone. Jay is a guy that we helped get started early on, and then he has been more of a blessing to us than we ever were to him. Early on in the, the pandemic and the quarantine, he let us film our services at his church. He's just a generous, amazing, godly guy and a great leader on top of that. So I hope that this is a blessing to you today as we continue our series Life Hacks with Pastor Jay Mudd. Okay, so Genesis chapter 6, we're going to begin reading right here in verse 5. Read with me. It says this, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now, I we got to stop here because we could easily just glance over. And for some, if you're, you, you've read the Bible and you, you know Genesis chapter 6, well, you're going, okay, yeah, we know this, we know this. But can we at least attempt to, to really understand the depths of what is happening in this text? We, we can't just overlook this and quickly, quickly move on. We have to understand what God is communicating here. He's, God is grieving. We're told that God is grieving and he's saddened that he had created mankind. God was planning to blot out his creation. The weight of the evil of the world was so bad. Things were going so wrong that God considered wiping the slate clean and starting over. This is a very important moment in history. And this is what makes Noah's story so important, so fascinating. Because look at what we're told in the midst of this contemplating God going, you know, I'm just going to blot out everything. Look at the evilness of the world. We're told in verse 8, there's, there's something that catches God's attention. Verse 8, look at what it says. It says this, 
But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is, this is unbelievably uh, fascinating, because let me tell you why. The only thing we're told about Noah prior to this passage here is, is how old he was. He was 500 years old, and his name was listed in his family tree, on his family tree, in the, you know, in his descendants. His name was just listed there. That's all we know about Noah. But in these 10 words, the 10 words of verse 8, we are told so much about who Noah was prior to the ark or the flood. In fact, I believe this is such a pivotal moment in Noah's life that if he was standing here today, he would not focus on the ark or the flood. He would focus on this moment in his life. I want to go ahead and give you the life hack that I believe Noah would communicate with us today. His life hack is this. The choices you make today position you to make a difference tomorrow. The choices you make today position you to make a difference tomorrow. Now, when you read that, you go, well, of course, Jay. I don't know if that's really a life hack, but I, I want you to think about that because it makes sense to us. We, we understand the concept of making good choices today and how they impact tomorrow. If we eat right today, it will affect our health tomorrow in a positive way. If we are good and we go to sleep and we get a, you know, a good night's rest, we'll wake up tomorrow ready to go and take on tomorrow's challenges. On the other end, if we do not eat well today, very well, will impact our health tomorrow, or if we are not good stewards of our time and we stay up to the wee hours of the morning and get a few hours of sleep, it will greatly impact our day tomorrow. Now, we know these things, but I want you to consider just for a moment, just for a moment, consider how good are we making, how good are we at making good choices, wise choices? Many times, if you're like me, it comes down to we don't really understand the consequences of our actions sometimes until it's too late, until it's too late. One well-known pastor and author, he said it this way, he said, for your future self will always see your present self as unwise and immature. In other words, what he's saying is we're currently a fool right now. Think about that for a moment. I, I know in my life, I, if I can look back, I go, man, I don't know if I'd make that choice. I don't know if I would do it that way. This is a great reminder, but it's also a warning for us to really consider the way we are living our life right now and the implications of the way we're living our life right now for our future. Again, this is what makes Noah's story so fascinating. We're, we're told that God was going to wipe out everything. But then there's a glimpse of hope for creation for mankind. Noah finds favor in God's eyes. Now, I keep using that word favor, and you may be thinking, well, what does it mean to find favor? The word favor indicates securing approval or provision. Security of approval or provision. Now, again, I want to remind you, we're not told anything about Noah other than his father's name, his descendants, you know, where he comes from, and his age. This is very important because God's approval of Noah literally alters the judgment of the world. In here, we find this case that one man's faith that really moves the heart of God. 
Although God was planning on destroying everything, he looks out and he sees something worth saving. And then God pours out his grace on Noah and his family, ultimately allowing him and his family to partner with him in a very pivotal part of history. When I read this text and I read about just an ordinary average individual where God sees and says, look, he's standing out to me, I'm left questioning going, man, if God was wanting to do something great today, if God was wanting to do something absolutely amazing in our world today and he was looking for someone, would God see me and would I find favor? Now, if you're looking, if you're like me, you're thinking, okay, favor, he's got God's favor, but how do you get God's favor? I mean, how did Noah stick out? What made him stick out? What made him be chosen by God for this task? Lucky for us, if we continue on verse 9, we are told a little bit more insight to why Noah found favor in God's eyes. Look at verse 9 with me. It says this, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Now, we're told of three, three big things here. He's righteous, he was blameless, and that he walked with God. But what does that mean? You know, the word righteous. Now, you, you hear the word righteous, you're thinking, well, okay, that means Noah did a lot of good things, right? But again, we're not told that. That is not what is recorded. We're just told he was righteous. We're just told that he simply walked with God. But if we look in other places of the scripture where Noah's name is mentioned, specifically in Hebrews chapter 11, what we find is Noah's name is recorded there in what is mostly known as you know, the heroes of faith there, these patriarchs. And it says this in Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that just like Abraham, Noah believed God's word and it was counted to him as righteous. It was the faith of Noah in God that made him righteous, giving way to God's favor. It was the faith that Noah had in God. Noah didn't earn his righteousness from doing good works. Noah was righteous rather because he put his faith in God. You see, God's relationship with human uh, mankind is, is, is very dynamic. He's not focused on our deeds as much as he is our heart. God looks at our heart. Noah was chosen because God saw his heart and that his heart belonged to him. You see, I love this about God, that he knows the past, the present, and the future. He knows how our faith is going to grow, how our faith is going to mature, how God can use us in the future. He knows based off of where we are today. He knows where we're moving. He knows what, he's, what we're doing in our life and how we're maturing in our faith. God knows how we will ultimately respond to him and to his word. He knows us inside and out. He knows the decisions we're going to make. He knows all of these things. First John chapter 3, verse 20 tells us that God knows all things. Ephesians 1.11 tells us that God works all things according to his counsel of his will, the counsel of his will. Noah was chosen because God knew his heart. Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. We're told, and again, as I said, Genesis 5.32, one of the only other things we're told about Noah is that he was 500 years 
old at the time of this account. Now, that's mind-blowing in itself. You think about 500 years old and living to be 500 years old. One of my daughters, during one of her uh, quiet times, she, she texted me. She said, everybody lived to be so old in the Old Testament. Why is it that we don't live to be that old today? Now, that's a great question, one we're not going to tackle today, but that's a great question. He was 500 years old, but don't, don't get caught up in that. But here's the important part. In 500 years of Noah's life, we're not recorded any of the good deeds he did. We're not recorded how popular he was. We're not recorded that he was trained for a specific time in history. In fact, you can look and you will not even find a word spoken from the mouth of Noah until after the flood. This is important because it tells us that God was really focused on Noah's heart. That's what we see revealed when God found favor in Noah. It was because he looked at his heart. This is important for us because we have to acknowledge what God sees when he looks at us. He's not looking at our good deeds. He's not looking at our resume. He's not looking for the talent that you bring to the table. What God is looking for is a heart that belongs to him, a heart that belongs to him. Now, and for many of us, we think, okay, I base my decisions on actually what it's going to benefit and how it's going to benefit me. That's not what Noah did. Noah just lived his life loving God, following God, walking with God. We're told that Noah was righteous, but we're also told that he was, he was blameless. Now, this word can be tricky because you might be thinking, well, blameless, that means he didn't have any flaws? That's not what it means. This word literally, the word blameless literally means to live with integrity and of good moral goodness. This means that Noah did everything he could to live above reproach, but it does not mean that Noah was not sinful. It doesn't mean that he didn't have anything wrong with him. The Bible tells us that all mankind is sinful, We've all sinned and fall short of God's standard. We all make mistakes. This just simply means that those around him, those closest to Noah, saw him as a God-fearing individual. It didn't mean that he didn't have flaws. It just means that his focus, his priority, his heart belonged to God. Noah was an ordinary man who walked with God and was faithful to God in his everyday life. In fact, this is something we see. This is a theme that we see all throughout Scripture, that God is in the business of using ordinary, average people to partner with him to accomplish his extraordinary agenda. He was just a normal guy who positioned himself to be used by God. It wasn't about his platform or that he had been properly groomed for this. What qualified Noah to be used by God was the mere fact that he placed his faith in God. His focus was God. But the one thing we cannot deny in this text is that Noah's choice to walk with God literally changed the course of history. The decisions he made early on in life to follow God, to trust God, positioned him to be used by God in a greater way than he could ever imagine. And I, I, I want to say the same goes for us today. We have to ask ourselves, are we, the choices we're making today, or the choice that we're making today, positioning us to make a difference tomorrow? Are they? Are the choices you are making today positioning you to make a difference tomorrow? Are they? 
Now, for many of us, it's kind of hard for us to wrap our heads around if we're talking about an ark and a flood. And the reality is many of us may not make the same difference that Noah made or have the same impact that Noah made. But let's not forget that Noah's family benefited from his favor with God. Future generations benefited. And this is what happens when we position ourselves to be used by God. Now, quickly, over the next few moments, what I want to do is I, I want to give you two things, just two simple things that we can do today in order to position ourselves to be used by God. Two things that we learn from Noah on how to position ourselves to be used by God and make a difference. Two things. First thing is this. Do what is right even when no one is watching. Do what's right even when nobody is watching. Just about everyone here understands this concept, but I want you to consider how often we fail in this area of our life. How often we, we, we know what we're supposed to be doing and we're good at doing those things when others are around and looking. But what about when no one is looking? What about when no one else is around? What about when you have no accountability in your life and temptation is creeping in? How hard it can be to do what's right when nobody's around. I think about the simple game of hide and seek. Now, you've probably played this game. We've all played this game. But here's what I quickly realized when you play the game in my house with kids ranging from three years old to 12 years old. My three-year-old, when he hides, he typically hides somewhere pretty obvious. He hides under the table. When I open my eyes, I can pretty much tell where Rhett is. But then my 12-year-old, on the other case, she, she gets a little bit more creative with her hiding spot. And it can sometimes be difficult to find where she is. But now, when it comes time for me to hide, don't let my size fool you. I can hide. And my kids always, always have trouble finding me. Now, here's why I'm drawing this to hide and seek, because I think there's something very important I've realized when you play hide and seek, is this. We get really good at hiding the older we get. And I'm not talking about a kid's game here. What I'm talking about is the older you get, the better you get at hiding the wrong in your life covering it up, hoping no one finds out. It's the more that you get the, you know, you get the opportunity, the more you long to put stuff in the closet and not deal with things, to suppress it so that no one knows you're dealing with it. The only problem with this is we get good at hiding, but literally this hiding of this stuff in our life, it damages us. It causes pain and agony that some may never know about and we're not willing to talk about because we don't want anyone to know our stuff. We hide it and it causes this self-destruction in our lives. It causes us to really, really wrestle. Let me tell you this. When you choose to live with secrets, it will cripple your potential. It will cripple your potential. Some people who are watching and listening, you're so busy hiding things in your life, you don't have the capacity to make a difference. 
All your energy is spent covering up your own wrongdoings. Noah was a man who lived his life in a righteous and blameless way. He had integrity. It didn't matter if anyone was watching or looking. Noah lived his life above reproach, placing his faith in God. Noah was a man that God looked at and said, you know what? There may be all this evil in the world, but Noah is different. Noah's heart belongs to me, and it's clear in the way that he lives his life. God was looking for someone who would just simply trust and obey. Trust and obey. Now, again, keep in mind, this is a pivotal piece of his, a pivotal part of history. It had never rained before, okay? A, a structure of this size had not been built. This was, God was going to ask Noah to do some crazy, remarkable things. He was going to talk to him about rain that was going to come, and Noah's like, what is rain? God needed somebody who was going to simply just trust and obey him. If you look a little bit further uh, in this text, in chapter 6, what you'll see is God gave Noah the instructions on to build the ark. And in, Noah, in, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, Noah said, it's recorded this, Noah did this and all that God commanded him. And then if you scroll down a little bit further and you move a little bit further down in chapter 7, God's giving more instruction on how to load this massive ark. And again, it's recorded, Noah did all that God commanded him. Trust and obey. It's one of the simplest lessons we can learn. It's one of those simple things that we try to tell our children. But sometimes it's some of the hardest things to do. Here we find Noah's faith was not demonstrated through something he merely said. His faith was demonstrated through the way that he lived his life even prior to being chosen for this task. He trusted God with everything in his life. Now, it's important that we not only just do what we're told and do what is right when no one else is looking, but there's something else key that we see here, and that is this, walking with God, not with the world. Walk with God, not with the world. Now, like I said earlier, sometimes we think about the things that we consider doing in life and the things that we want to do in life and that we need to do in life. A lot of times we make those choices based off of what it's going to do for me and how it's going to benefit me. Again, I want to point out, Noah did not walk with God in order to do something big, to have this opportunity to do something big. Noah got this opportunity to do something big because he simply walked with God. I think about my life, and every blessing in my life was connected to my obedience to God's word. Walking with God has literally changed my life in more ways than I would have time to communicate with you. I think back in my life into my teenage years where I was just living my life, walking with the world, doing whatever I chose to do, what I felt was right, what I wanted, what I desired, making choices based off of me, myself, and I. And although I appeared to be okay, my life was just full of pain and agony and sorrow. No matter what I did, I could not find joy and peace and happiness and satisfaction. 
Then in my teenage years, there's a point in my life where I was invited to go to church. And if you know my story, I, I started going to church. And what I did was then I found myself straddling a fence. I had one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I was like, hey, okay, let's see how long I can do this. It just made matters worse. I was attempting to be one person at church and one person at home and with my friends. Again, I told you, I'm, I'm good at hiding and seek. But then there came a point in my life where I said, I, something's got to change. And here's the sad reality is there's potentially someone who's watching or listening today. And, and you're like that. You're like, hey, uh, that's me. I've got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I'm, I'm trying to walk a fence, you know, straddle a fence between my faith and what I want. God is wanting to speak to you today. He's wanting you to understand that, look, walking with him will always trump walking with the world. For me, I had to come to a point in my life where something had to change. Something had to give. The Bible tells us clearly in James chapter 4, verse 4, we can't walk with the world. We can't be friends with the world. It tells us that to be a friend with the world is to be an enemy with God. We can't straddle the fence. So we're left with this question, okay, if we're supposed to walk with God and not the world, how do we walk with God? This is why Jesus had to come. You see, God knew we were not able to do this on our own. We would never walk with him. We would see it as just a bunch of rules or being very strict. Do you know today I have more freedom in Christ than I ever did outside of my relationship with Christ. The only way for us to walk with God is because we need help. We have to have help to do this. And this is why Jesus came. He paved the way for us to have the help we need in order to walk with God. In many, many ways, the story of Noah simply points us to the story of Jesus. Just like in this account, not much has changed. The world is still evil. The world is still full of wrongdoings. God is still planning to declare his judgment on the world, this evil, evil world. But in the same way that Noah found favor, those who find favor with God will not endure that judgment. And again, we come full circle. How do we find favor today? by placing our faith in God through what Jesus has done. Jesus empowers us to have favor with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The only righteousness that God will accept is the righteousness of Jesus. This is the only hope we have. The only hope that we have is in Jesus. This is how we find favor with God, is trusting in what Jesus has done on our behalf. If we want to have favor with God, there's only one way. And that is Jesus. Jesus communicated this in John 14, 6. He says, I am the only way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The decision for some people today, the only decision 
that God is really wanting you to make today to really make a difference tomorrow is by placing your faith in Jesus, by following Jesus so that you can find favor with God. You're asking questions about life. For some of you, that's what you're doing. You're asking questions about life. Some of the very questions that we've looked at over the past few weeks. What is my purpose? Why am I here? What's wrong with the world? Is there really any hope? You know things need to change, and you're just looking for the answer. I want to encourage you. Stop trying to do this on your own. Stop trying to hide all the wrongdoings in your life, hoping that no one will ever see them or find out about them. Stop trying to walk with one foot in the church and one foot outside of the church. Simply just stop running and stop hiding and make the best choice you can today to simply just follow Jesus. Can I just ask you, if you you don't know Jesus, what stops you today from following Jesus with your life? The decision to do so will not only just radically change your life, but it could possibly change your family's life, future generations, all because today you said, you know, I I wanna know more about following Jesus. We wanna come alongside of you. We know this can be uh, a, a decision that comes with lots and lots of questions. We wanna answer those questions. Do me a favor, if you have any questions at all, Would you reach out to us? Would you communicate that to us? You can simply just text the word follow to 508-206-9330. You can email us at online at milestonejourney.org. If you're in one of our chat rooms right now, one of our leaders is gonna put their email address. You can reach out to them. You You can direct message them on Facebook. We wanna be here for you, to support you, as you take steps in your faith, make decisions in your life that will position you to be used by God to make a difference tomorrow. You see, it's through Jesus that we find favor with God, but it's also Jesus who empowers us to make a difference in our world. So many people will never scratch the surface of their God-given potential because they're not walking in the power of God, the power of Jesus in their life. Jesus works in and through us. I wanna ask you, are you making choices today that will position you to make a difference tomorrow? You might be thinking, me, I'm a nobody, Jay. See, that's where you're wrong. For those who have placed their faith in Christ, you're not a nobody. You're definitely a somebody. We're children of God. We were created to be difference makers. We can make a difference in our family. We can make a difference in our neighborhood. We can make a difference in our community, our town. Our world can be flipped upside down because of our faith in Christ. Because of the decision you can make today. For those who are Christ followers, you may be thinking, man, 
how do I make a difference? We simply just have to look deep within and ask ourselves, are there choices we're making today that will hinder us from making a difference tomorrow? And turn from those and begin making the choices that we need to make today in order to make a difference tomorrow. Perhaps, maybe, there is a chance that today, that today, God will find ordinary people like you and like me who have positioned themselves to make a difference in our world, to do extraordinary things. I pray that is the case. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring about us. God, thank you for loving us in only the way you can. You knew there was no hope. You knew there was no hope for us, but you willingly sent your one and only son into this world so that we can have eternal life, so that we can find favor with you. God, may we lean into that faith. Maybe we every day do what's right even when no one else is looking. May every day we make the choice to walk with you, not with this world. So that when our name is called, when you call on us, we stand ready, ready to be used ready to partner with you to make a difference in the world around us. Work in our hearts in a magnificent way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What decision do you need to make today? What choices do you need to make today? in order to position yourself to make a difference tomorrow. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope you were encouraged. We hope you were challenged. We hope you'll be back next week as we continue to look at life hacks, specifically from another familiar hero of the faith, David. Have a great week. We'll see you back next week. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love, presence, and grace.